An American military operation recruits German defectors. A man must find a way to jettison his girlfriend to climb the social ladder. A Roman commander must choose between Nero's demands and a Christian love. A sister-in-law's visit sparks chaos. And a love triangle dances through Paris. This time on the Oscar should have gone to 1951. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to the winner is an American in Paris. We're here, Meg. We're here. We're here. This is the first time we both have had birthdays since the last time we recorded. Mm-hmm. We're right. both twenty-five years old mm-hmm. now, and we can both rent cars. Yeah, it's so exciting. Have you decided what the first car you're going to rent is? It's gonna be a um, convertible. Uh huh. And I'm gonna drive it. Down the coast, yeah, down, just wearing a bikini because uh-huh. I definitely have the body for that. Yes, and um, just with my like long blonde hair uh-huh. flapping in the breeze. Yeah, totally. I did have this thought. I was on vacation this week, and um, in Carlsbad, California, um, and I with friend of the podcast Rachel Lewis and my best friend. And I had this thought where I was like, maybe there's like a whole other life I could live where I'm going to learn how to surf. Okay. And I'm going to really get in shape. Yeah. And I'm going to be one of those girls that wears the bikini top, but with the wetsuit on the bottom, you know what I mean? Yeah, on the bottom. So it's, and like so it's like unzipped, unzipped and kind of curled yeah, down. Right. And I'm just going to be, I'm going to say stuff, yeah, I don't know, like, like, oh, that was gnarly or yeah. whatever. And I'm going to carry my surfboard to the beach. It's going to be a whole different life for me. I'm going to get up really early, like six in the morning. Right. And go yeah. And Cause do you got to catch those early waves. Yeah. I feel like those people are very happy. I don't, I feel. I feel like it would take a lot to get me there, but there's another version of myself. You know what I'm talking about? There's like, you know, like, uh, there's parallel universes or whatever. And there's a parallel universe in which that's me. Anyway, jealous of that girl. There's a multiverse. There's a multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. So the TVA, it's like the TVA, the timekeepers are allowing you to be, yeah, you're, there's a variant of you out there Mm -hmm. that rented a convertible and drove down the coast and was like. Oh, those waves are really sweet, or whatever. It's not a great California accent. You've lived out here for a long time, and you're an actress, and you can't even Should we? approximate. Oh, watch out for the shark. Oh, man. Is that good? No, it's that's it's almost like you're doing like a middle American California. <laughs> I'll see you at the bonfire later. Ooh, no, oh. you didn't like that one. Our guest did not care oh, for that one. Yeah, that one was, that was not really good. bad. Okay, okay, yeah. that's okay. It's okay. okay. Everybody I, I, has, by the way, thank you for the notes. Everybody has something different in their bag of tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and accents is not your not thing. Not my thing. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. You know, speak, All right. All right, Governor. It's not my thing. Speaks French. <laughs> That's like your... Speaks French. That's my skill. Um, yeah. Um, we've had some excitement. We were talking about this off air. Uh, my wife found a dog um, five days ago that we can't find its owner. So... Um, if we have it for another couple of days and we can't find the owner, if you're interested out there, um, maybe this will be our first giveaway. Let us know. Um, Give the away Oscar a dog. should have gone to. Um, you can name the dog Oscar, or it's a it's a boy. So just Oscar, yeah. Or Titanic, you could also name you it Titanic because Titanic, Titanic is yeah. canon. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Titanic yeah. is canon. Um, Rose, mm. it's a boy, so it may be a little weird, but you know. Don't don't tell him it's a boy. Did he tell you? That? No, I do not know how he identifies don't, because he doesn't he doesn't bark. He's a very sweet boy. 
He has a dick, is basically what I'm saying. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how he identifies, though. Well, yeah. I mean, just know. Yeah. If you take him on, you might want to might want to undergo some surgery. So That's true. Or he may just be non-binary. Wait, does he have That's his balls, too? too? Nope. No, oh, he okay. is fixed. So he yeah. has been taken care of. Yeah. Very well-groomed. Hmm. Interessant. Yeah. Um, let's bring in our guest. Yeah, let's. We're excited. Um, our guest is Brendan Dowling. Brendan, welcome. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Big fan of the pod. Big fan of 1951. Great. Um, this is That's ex- so exciting. This yeah. is exciting for us because... We've been looking for somebody who's a fan of 1951, <laughs> and that's why you're here. Yeah. yeah. Um, neither Megan and I know Brendan particularly well. He's in a book club with Maddie Smith, mm-hmm. uh, Megan's husband and frequent uh, collaborator sure. of the pod. Um, Brendan, tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into these movies. Oh, sure. Um, I'm a, I'm an uh, improviser and an actor and a writer, and I was in Chicago for a long time, and then I moved to L.A. four years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, Only four years ago. Only four years ago. I, it took me a while to make the, make the move, yeah. but then I did, and I'm glad I did. What's I was going to say, do you have any regrets? No, no. It, well, and I think also my advice to people who are moving to L.A., from another city is let all your friends do it first. Sure. Wait a while. They'll do the legwork of telling you like where to live, where to, um, how to do things. And then you show up and it's a thousand percent easier. See, I sort of did that. I I pushed Megan out. Like she basically Mm -hmm. graduated college and I was like, okay, you need to go canvas LA for like four or five years and then maybe I'll move there. But you need to take a look at the place first because I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, sur- I, I surveyed the land. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Like, yep, Everest before me. Mm-hmm. 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 Surveyor, yeah. a regular right. Lewis and Clark. Lewis and mm-hmm. Clark. Yeah, I was both. Uh, and um, I said, "Come on out." Mm-hmm. I like it. I mean, where, so where did you move from? Chicago. 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 Yeah. You came right from Chicago. Yeah. So I, we moved from New York, and everybody when we moved were like, "You are gonna hate it." Mm-hmm. Like, good luck. They they're fake over there, and blah blah blah. blah. And I know a lot of people had like a trouble adjusting. I I hit the ground running. I quite. I mean, listen. I hit. I hit the ground running. I'm very, <laughs> as you can tell, it's gone she li- really she well. W- for well, me. she was running and she literally hit the ground. <laughs> I fell over yeah. hard. You're doing great. I'm You're doing... about to embrace the Lori Petty part of your life. That is with... so true. I am the less talented sister in <laughs> League of Their Own. Yeah, you're a tank girl. I'm tank girl. Yeah, um, but your Point Break. You yeah, point I Point Break. break. Yeah. I Point Break, and she got the guy in Point Break, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I have to say, um, uh, I've always liked, I like LA. It's fun, right? Oh gosh. And it's hilarious how people were so like, you will cry every day, the first year of your life. And you will just think, why did I do this? But then something happens about a year in and it starts to get better. And I, I think having that as my baseline Mm -hmm. when I was, when I was like, well, I haven't cried every day. So I think it's great. You are not Holly Hunter in broadcast news. No, I'm not no. having that scheduled cry no, um, every no. afternoon. Yeah, I think if you're not crying every day, that's a, that's a win. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I, I think you're right. If, so they, how, do you, how you. do you explain it then? <laughs> <laughs> Things are going so well yeah. for me. Everything's great. I mean, what people don't understand is you show up in L.A. a year later, you're in a book club with Maddie Smith. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about... Bang, bang, <laughs> boom, bang, bang. Yeah. So what do you miss most about Chicago? Is it the deep dish pizza or the lakefront effect? Hmm. Um, I think... <laughs> uh, you can only choose one of them. <laughs> I, I would, or is it the ghost of uh, Chris Farley? Yeah. Which one mm-hmm, of those things? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, gosh. I would say out of those three choices, <laughs> I miss the lake effect. Okay. Um, but, I mean, the, Lake Michigan's beautiful. It's the, sure. It's awesome to have that um, a winter. That bike path. It's fun to have the winter. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know, 10 years ago when the polar vortex happened the oh, first time. Right. Yeah. Then, like, I think that was kind of a big wave of my friends leaving. Um, <laughs> I remember when I was um, looking at colleges, I went to, like, a, a college fair at the International Thespian um, Festival in Lincoln, Nebraska. Nerd. And Roosevelt was there. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think... No, Larry went to DePaul. Um, but at Roosevelt's big thing was like, they're like, and we have a tunnel that goes from the dorms to the classrooms. No, yeah. no. So you don't have to go outside during not the winter. a selling point. <laughs> Roosevelt, not a selling point. God, that's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah I, I grew up in New Hampshire, so I, I, I have hated the cold for a long time. But I got to tell you a secret. I've never been to Chicago. Oh. oh, it's a nice town. Well, should we go? You'll, I mean, we have time. Should we? <laughs> should we? Should we go right now, guys? Right, we'll I'm be on, right back. We'll we're be back. gonna. It's be four hour flight, we and hit. then we'll spend like maybe a long weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four hour flight back. We'll so. be back, but we can still release it in time. Probably. Yeah. Oh no, it's supposed to come oh, out tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh dear. Well. well okay, so this might be out midweek, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're back. We spent a great time at the Green Mill. <laughs> Rachel did. Make sure to check out our Instagram. References. References. Photo of Megan at the beach. <laughs> no, I want to go. I think it looks cool. Rachel's always like, "Oh, you would love it. It's so great." Yeah. It's a fantastic city, and now, like the summer is the best time. Yeah, in there because there's like a different festival every week. Everyone's just we've been cooped up for yeah. eight months, and now it's nice weather. And you go to the lake, and you can you know do all the mm-hmm. the stuff like the fun Midwest stuff too. Mm-hmm. I yeah, imagine eat heat. I mean, New York in the drink. summer blows. So yeah, and I think Chicago in the summer is. Yeah, literally it's lovely. The best. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. New York in the fall—that's my vote. That that four days of fall we mm-hmm. get between summer and winter now. Mm-hmm. Autumn yeah. in New York. Autumn now. in New mm-hmm. yeah. I literally <laughs> autumn in New York. Autumn in New York. All right. Well, so we're talking 1951. We're we're going back in time. We're going back 60 years, 70 mm. years. Where has time gone? Wow, that is <laughs> an extra decade. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, oh, this is exactly seventy years. Yeah. Seventy years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, should we just uh, should we jump in? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to jump in, and the first movie we're going to talk about is Decision Before Dawn, and oh. I'm going to say that of all the films that we have watched for this podcast, which is numerous at this time, considerable. Yeah. Um, I don't know if a movie has ever left my mind as quickly while watching it as Decision Before Dawn. <laughs> Could not hold it in place. Just in. And I'm and not out. even saying it was like, that's not saying it's, it's bad. It's not a googly. Yeah. It's not a googly. It's not like something that I was like, wow, because those stick with you when yes. something's so bad. This movie, it was like, I was like halfway through it and I was like, I do not remember what happened 25 minutes ago. Yes. And it was the first movie I watched for... This pod, this specific podcast, and I definitely had to reread the Wikipedia, the Wikipedia. plot description. I think a big part of way. that was the guy playing the lead, the oh, Nazi yeah. guy. Oh wait, yeah. Oscar Werner. Oscar Werner. Okay. Well, the, the, the younger, not the, 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 the the American. The no, Amer- the guy, the young, the young German, the young German okay. who was like the yeah. whatever who was mm-hmm. working happy. for them. Happy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, happy. He was so boring, like as like as a as a character, as a as an actor. And I think oh, a lot of, you've got a lot. Well, here's the thing: say. I think a lot of that is more as a character than as an actor, because Oscar Werner, like we watched in Ship of Fools, oh, God. Um, 
but I think he's actually a really interesting performer. And I was read when I was reading the Wikipedia page, there was some interesting critique about this movie, you know, 60 years later from the 2000, from like 2010 or yeah. something, 2011 saying that it was far enough away from the war that people were able to see Germans overall in a little bit more of a, not just as positive villains. light, yeah. but they probably could not get people to buy into like a dynamic German hero. Right. So they kind of just fair. had to write him as like... Write him as just kind of like... New, here's is plain, chaotic... New, well, here's, no. here's plain Jane. What is it? Not chaotic is like a... Is a, 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 a neutral... Like a neutral... Neutral person. You know when they say like chaotic good, chaotic right. evil, yeah. whatever. He's, all right. I... We don't know each other, so that's why no. I can come in swinging. Do it. Hit it. I love this movie. I oh. thought... Oscar Berger Please was <laughs> all right. You know what? I'm going to go see uh, a game at Comiskey Field. <laughs> I'm going to need you to go all the um, way back. To I think Chicago. you're talking about guaranteed rate field. <laughs> um, I thought he was like so. There was something like so watchable about him. He was so like soulful and sad and hangdog. And I just was like, I'm on the Oscar Werner train. Mm-hmm. I want to see everything. <laughs> you don't actually want to get on a German train. That was sort of a thing. So. That's the message of this movie. But don't I do did. That. I thought also that like to your point. Craig of like not understanding what it or not remembering what had happened 25 minutes I would not be able to tell you what the plot of this movie is I understood that like he had a he had to get somewhere to find papers to tell right the Americans yeah so basically and of course I just read the description which is why I know this the plot of the movie is this US operation takes on these German defectors because they've heard about it in the waning days of the battles in Europe they hear about a German commander who basically looks like he is ready to surrender. Mm-hmm. So they are trying right. to get to this German general yeah. to get him to basically surrender this entire group of German soldiers. Okay. Yeah. But, but then I, they get but then they get to then at the end that doesn't even there's happen. There's basically three so there's that German guy shooting de- three he's, different he's, people. He's in the hospital. He's in the hospital so they can't they can't get, get to him. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I just thought um like the story moved along, like it felt like each scene was someone has to do something and there's a huge obstacle in their way. And that was very fun to watch mm-hmm. in comparison to other movies that we'll be discussing later. That's true. Um, That's and true. then I also just was so enchanted by all the supporting, like the character actors that would pop up for like one or two scenes. And in my opinion, they hit it out of the park. That's like, so funny because I was just looking at my notes from when I, and I said, all the bit roles are horribly acted. Oh. <laughs> But I don't think that was so much care. That was more like the soldier with like one line that I was like, oof, they, that's the best. But, but like then, this guy is just like a contract player, I guess. He's not like, a contract player. He's a real soldier. Oh, well, that's, oh, they well, that's hired why. Real so- that's, the, that's the whole, um, they're like, and we hired all these boys to speak a line. Well, they couldn't do it. <laughs> well, Send I did, him to Korea. That's what I said. I will <laughs> say I did like, um, I did like the prostitute. That he mm-hmm. met in the um, whatever. Although again, it's I I I I I don't know why I thought it would be lighter. I guess, but then she starts talking about the dead child, and I was like, wow, this movie is going real dark. Yeah. Like uh, once you introduce a dead child into stuff, I was like, this is this is tough. Yeah, this is a tough watch. Um, and then I forgot about it, so then <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm fine again. I do. One thing that I do appreciate, especially since it's a wartime film, is like 
I feel like the deaths in this film are not treated in a precious way at mm-hmm. all. Like yes. Tiger, who's basically like our second lead, is just like at the end of the film, he's just oh, now he's dead. Bye. Yeah. They just shoot Tiger, him. You ran away. Yeah. Like um, that guy, I thought was more. I w- I wanted to follow that guy yeah, as because he worked to... in a circus and you're a circus person. Yeah. For sure. I wanted to see him and a bunch of other Nazis climb into a car and then everybody, how many can they fit? Yeah, and then everybody Nazis get out. can fit in one car, yeah. Um, I, thought that guy was, I thought that guy was interesting. Not a great actor, but right. a more interesting character. But there was There's a piece early, so Oscar Werner's character, Happy, like the whole reason he's defecting is he had had a friend that was like in prison who gets killed by other German prisoners mm-hmm. for basically saying they're not going to win the war. Um, but there's the Americans are like talking to him, and, and that's, it's like, I just want to say that's not a great problem solving no. solution. No. Like when your when your friend disagrees with you, you don't <laughs> yeah. throw him out a window. Throw him out a window. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> not that's not the way we do things. That, that was, was I, that like there were American soldiers talking to him. That's basically the exchange. They're like, he was murdered, right? Thrown out of a window, and then they're basically like, "You want a cup of coffee?" Like, yeah. And there's like no intonation of their voice. Be like, that guy was thrown out of a window of a prison, right? Did you want uh, an American, or you want maybe? Well, like I like a, the German guy. The a German flat white. I can do a flat white. The, the, the guys that walk when they walk by, and the German, the guy, the defectors or whatever, and the German guys like, well, we'll take care of them once we like win this, or you know, once 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 the once uh, the chancellor takes over everything, once the the, yeah. the Reich is complete. And the other guy's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> is, is this what you think is going to happen? Like, no, we are, we're losing, man. I but like also that. the, the like ambivalence about the German's death, I think is also shown at the end when, spoiler alert, Happy yeah. is shot mm-hmm. and like the commanding officers are so like la-di-da about him. And right. I think like for me, I, you know, that you had just seen Happy as a whole person who does all these things and he makes choices and he falls in love he falls in love he doesn't kill people when he can and he's like a very he doesn't kill the little kid he Um, lets the other guy die the german officer Mm -hmm. die who's a very bad man but he could have killed he could have speeded up sped up that process right Mm -hmm. but i think but like he he was a hero and he did help that unit win the war and i thought there was something very um hip about the american soldiers um not like being so selfish or yeah. self-focused that they not giving understand. him the credit yes, that exactly. he truly did deserve. Exactly. Yeah. Give give, give happy credit. Give happy That's credit. all we want. Happy. I think it's interesting because I just um, rewatched uh, or re- not rewatched. Sorry, watched for the first time during at some point during the pandy all of Band of Brothers, uh-huh. which is so fucking good. By the yeah. way, if you have not seen that. Please see that. But it's funny because I always have these this thought about like World War II movies and I kind like this movie was, so this movie was made like what, five years after the end of the yeah. war. And then Band of Brothers is made what, 65 right. years mm-hmm. after the end of the war or whatever, 60 years. And I, I found that beyond the, obviously like they have better technology to shoot it. Just the, the writing is so much more realistic. Yeah. There's just a scene at the beginning when they're like, Hey, you boy, like what? Like, and I, it's such a funny thing. Cause I'm like, nobody said that. Right. Go home. You mean Des Moines? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah I'm like, what? Nobody talked like yeah. that. Right. Like why it's, it's funny to me yeah. that this is, this is an interesting movie. I think only because it does seem to be trying to like border between like, it's not like straight agitprop like most of the films that came out like in the 40s in yeah. terms of World War II are. It's not just like rah-rah. It mm-hmm. kind of does have like an underlying like 
war sucks. Yeah, it yeah. does. Message, yeah. Which I feel like three years earlier, you could not have gotten away but with. But they even. hedge that with, <clears throat> but they hedge that with some of the dialogue, which seems so, so overwritten to the right. point where oh, I'm like, sure. nobody, nobody actually spoke like this yeah. in, in, in wartime. You can't tell me that. Well, cause you were working in a factory at the time and. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm very, very old. We no, get I'm talking it. about how strong you are. A real Rosie, <laughs> the riveter type. You sh- that was a compliment. No, I man, I was on, I was, I think we've already established that I was on, I was a member of the American, American League. We come for cities near and far. We are Canadians. Woo! Irish men and Swedes. We're all for one, we're all for one, we're all Americans. That's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. That's my ringtone. Like that thing that we just sang will now become my ringtone. I think I should be. <laughs> Everybody feel free to take that. Yeah. Um, Find by the way, on Spotify. Apple, on if you're listening, like that should just be a general ringtone. Like <laughs> yeah. it should yeah. be like one not. of my like three choices, choices. or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. Bring that up at the next uh, yeah, I will. Next meeting. time I... Yeah. Oh, you got League? Yeah, I have League. <laughs> I also wrote this down, and I don't know what it means. I wrote... This is the last thing. Well, first of all, the voiceover at the very end is super anticlimactic. I think it's like a bad way to end the movie. Yeah. But mm-hmm. also... Um, and you guys voiceover both, is never a... Well, here's the thing. You guys will both understand this as people that have done a lot of sketch in your lives as mm-hmm. well. Apparently... Ending things is always hard. Mm-hmm. One thing I took away from like all the movies of 1951 is ending movies was very hard. Like all of them, it's just like, and now it's over. Okay, <laughs> see you later. Like we'll talk about it with other movies, but there's like so many times that I was like, oh, like yeah. we'll talk a little bit about the African Queen, but like that movie is just like, oh, uh, now they they just blew up a boat, and now they're just singing in the river, and yeah. now we're going to credits. End of story. <laughs> yeah. End of story. Yeah, and I think the laziest way to do it is with narration. Yeah, I'm I'm like, oh, they you couldn't. Like, kind of have the the courage to just, like, leave it on. Yeah. Like, especially because Happy Dying is a very, is a cool ending. Yeah, and let I, us feel that. Yeah. yeah, let us feel it. Don't yeah. don't, don't come don't in here with away. your words. Yeah, Anatole Litvak. Is that, is um, that the director's name? I don't know. Anatole. Yeah. Anyway, so I wrote down Decision Before Sean. And I think what it was is I think it's my pitch for, like, a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, a college age. Like, maybe, like, it's someone who just, like, they just graduated from college and they're still with their high school boyfriend and they got engaged. She's and now she's making to- a decision if she's going to marry Sean or not. Well, maybe she's, maybe it's a, like a, uh, like a college foreign, what's it called when you go to an exchange, another, an exchange program? Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. like, oh, she's about to marry Sean from Dublin, yeah. but yeah. she has to. Maybe they, may, or maybe it's like a road trip thing where it's like, like we're going to, before Sean, before we do mm-hmm. Sean, we're going to have a wild time. We're yeah. going to do this, like, so our wild oats. Anyway, and then, I just think it's a good title. Yeah. And I think there's. Places to go there. Sure. And people, yeah. of course, remember Decision Before Dawn oh, so gosh, well. Seven years later, people would be like, oh, I remember that film from 1951, one of my but- favorites. Uh, I love that this is a play on that title. <laughs> this is nitpicky, but I will say, like, the title, what does that have to do really with, like, what was the decision before Dawn? Was I, it just to, like... I think it was Happy giving himself up to the German thing so that the other... So that Rennick could okay. swim across the river So the whole the movie is leading up to that one decision. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Wars is always decisions before dawn. Yeah. Or dusk. Yeah. One, never one noon. Of, it's got to be one of the two. Yeah, never yeah. noon. One of the two. Yeah. Wars hell. War. I, um, I do want to, uh, you know, we... 
there's no way that we can talk too much about Decision Before Dawn, but I'm going to be talking about something that no one cares about. But oh, the, I think we can talk too much about Decision Before Dawn. Yeah, we've already done it. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have. This we've podcast given it, is three we've, hours. We've given it 12 more minutes than it probably deserves. So, But the main character, um, the main American guy, yeah. I was just constructing elaborate backstories about how he got the part because it just felt like... Um, you know, he was acting in a different style than yes. maybe the other Americans were. Um, and it, I just imagine like, uh, like William Holden said, no, Brett Lancaster said no. The, and then like, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. And then this guy's like, oh, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Richard Basehart. <laughs> and no, oh, he's, he's sort of a Gregory Peck. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I had written, um, we can't get Robert Taylor. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> he's too busy testifying. <laughs> Oh, but that guy has the same voice as the actor from um, the uh, the Broadway production of Into the Woods, the guy who plays the wolf. Like, hello, little oh, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He really does. Yeah. It feels put on. Yeah. Yeah. And he also does the voiceover for the Knight Rider credits. Oh. Okay. Interesting. I mean, is it? Like, I don't know. Only, well, you know, I don't know. Write in and tell us. Well, so you know, you know, Kit. Strangely, Kit auditioned for Decision Before mm-hmm. Dawn, okay. and they decided to go a different way. They went with the boat instead. We're moving to the next one. His audition um, scene was just driving into the yeah, river, yeah. and he sank. Um, let's talk about a place in the sun. A place in the sun. I've okay. never seen a place in the sun before. Neither had I. Neither and had this I. is this is. I know you said Decision Before Dawn left your your brain immediately so this is the first movie that I watched mm-hmm. and I watched it like fully like three weeks ago I've yeah. got you know because it's been a, I've had these movies for a while so anyway uh, and then I was like oh yeah and I was listing the movies to Maddie where I have to watch and I was like and then A Place in the Sun I was like I think I've already seen A Place in the Sun I could not tell you what it was about no idea have no idea then when I then I remembered yeah it is it's like a lifetime movie in my mind I guess sort of. I one thing I wanted to point out about like this entire year and a place in the sun I feel like is sort of the outlier. I mean it's a it's a drama, so it's you know, it's a movie that would oh, get nominated it's a for, drama. That would get nominated for an Academy Award. But I feel like the other four films, especially this early nineteen fifties, is very much like this is what you're gonna get from the nineteen fifties. You're gonna get a war film, you're gonna get a play adaptation, mm-hmm. you're gonna get a musical, and you're gonna get a biblical epic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are what we do in the fifties. That's actually very so, fair, yeah. Um a place in the sun. Again, like there's tons of movies, obviously but throughout is, Oscar history remi- that are nominated. This is a melodrama. This yeah. reminds me of um, oh, yeah. uh, Love Is a Many Splendid Thing, and you know what I mean sure. in, a, in a weird way, like that, like that I think sort of. A, I personally think it's much better than oh, a movie yeah. like that. It's more well. There's more twists and turns. I'm trying to think of a tougher break to find out that someone is cheating on you than to get the newspaper and see yeah. your paramour with Liz Taylor on a speedboat. <laughs> yeah. You just like give up. You are like, losing that. Yeah. It's like, God damn it. By Dude. the way, that what's her name? That that actress? Shelly Winters. Shelly Winters. Always be drowning. Shelly Winters. I, I wrote that down too. I said, if I was Shelly Winters, I'd stay the fuck away from water. Yeah, do not do that. She drowned in... Uh, Poseidon Adventure. And, Poseidon, and Poseidon Adventure. Night of a Hunter. And Night of a Hunter. Stay away from that water, Shelly. She needed one more in the... Like, she needed to be an overboard or yeah. something. Yeah, it would have yeah. been really cool. Have that yeah. Mount Rushmore Let's drowning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she should, you know who... They should have at some point um, in... What's the movie called? Um... With Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford. 
Oh, what lies, what lies beneath? beneath? Yeah, they should have had just like Michelle Pfeiffer's face like turn into Shelley <laughs> Winters <laughs> just super briefly. Yeah, yeah. like um, Shelley Winters should have played Miranda Otto yeah. as the neighbor. Yeah. yeah, or just like throw her in like. Have her be the unsinkable Molly Brown in Titanic. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. well, but I don't she, want to take away Kathy's role. But I have news for you. Like, she's sinkable. She's extremely sinkable. Right. Yeah. She's the most sinkable Just bitch have her, around. Just have her th- slamming off a thing yeah. and falling in the water. Falling in the water. Yeah. Come on, uh, Jim Cameron. You had the CGI. Yeah. Put Shelly Winters in that. Oh, she may have been... Was she alive at that? Probably not. I don't I know think so. she died. I think she might have still been alive. I feel like she lived to be quite an age. She's very annoying in this, which is, I mean, in a good in a good way. Like oh I'm God, like Megan, we are fighting so much. No, I mean, but I loved keep her. No, I loved her. Uh-huh. Like I mean, I thought oh, she, it's annoying no, <laughs> to be to be seduced. She was by alive. Montgomery. She she died in 2006. Mm. Wow, good for her. Yeah. She could have been in Titanic. I mean that in a good way. I mean that in a way where I was like Montgomery Clift is like oh I've made. Here's my thing. So first of all, number one, his face, he is cut from marble. Good Lord, his face. I mean, between him 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 and and Elizabeth Taylor. Him and Brando the same year, it's like... Yeah, totally. Except one was... You know, yeah, crazy. Monty Cliff. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, I had to hide something. Had to hide for something. his entire life. Right. But well, here's the thing. We'll get to that too because I can't I wait. Saw, I can't. I cannot wait. Brandon's I just want to say. Brandon's I think going to give us the tea. I think he. <laughs> Brandon knows. Brandon's the, Brandon was around in 1951. I think Montgomery Clift and Elizabeth Taylor. It's like the most attractive, one of the most attractive on-screen couples I have ever seen. I oh, literally yeah. am like, mm-hmm. both of you are top of your game. So fucking stunning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get his, I get, my, what I'm saying is, I get the dilemma. He he got into Shelly Winters first because yeah. he was like, uh, he's I mean, a fuck boy. He doesn't yeah. know. Oh, but 100%. Also, he's, just he's wants to OG hit it and quit. Fuck boy. He wanted to hit it and quit it. But also he grew up like in a Salvation Army chorus. His, he had this crazy religious background. Right. No one told him anything. No one helped him out. No one explained, here's how life works. Then he just shows up at this town where like no he's one gave the, him a condom yeah he's yeah. the poor relation and they're still like he doesn't have they, I think the movie does such a good job of showing like he is all by himself yes. figuring shit out and doesn't understand how anything works 100% yeah. 100% it is a funny thing of just like look did he make some bad decisions yes but I'm but he poor Shelly and her cake Poor uh, Shelly. We've Poor all Shelley. been there. Yeah. But he didn't want to, but he made bad decisions, but I'm like, it is, it is a snowball effect. You yes. know what I mean? It, it was such a, it was such a snowball Does effect. Does he deserve to go to the chair? No. 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 Should he go away from manslaughter? Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I don't think he should have been executed no. for it. Yeah. That's why, well, the book it's based on is called An American Tragedy. Right. So. Oh, wow. By Theodore Dreiser. I mean, listen, I really enjoyed watching the, the experience. It just felt like a Lifetime movie for me. It felt very much like a, it felt like a made-for-TV movie. Has Elizabeth, is there anybody who is like as talented as Elizabeth Taylor who's ever been in a Lifetime movie? No offense to. Yes, Lindsay Lohan. In Candace a little film called Cameron Liz and Liz and Dick. <laughs> Oh yeah! Hello. Hello. Have you seen Liz and Dick? Yeah. I mean, actually, that's fair. Probably not. Although you know, a lot of people are doing TV now. Isn't probably Nicole Kidman was in a Lifetime movie, right? Um, I liked this movie a lot more than you did. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, and I just thought it was beautiful. And also, I I read the book like twenty years ago, and so yeah. I knew the basic plot. And I just think they did such an amazing job of a de- like the book was such a slog for me to read, uh-huh. and I feel like. They did such a 
beautiful job of um, making this, this cinema. I think this was yeah. the second adaptation. I think there yeah, is like yeah, yeah. A, a film version from the 30s called An American yeah. Tragedy. Yeah. And that's why um, they changed the title because yeah. they were like, the first one did so poorly. Yeah. Um, um, I also thought it was interesting how this year's really interesting because there's multiple movies that kind of have to handle abortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting to see Hollywood tackle that. Obviously, this is something that's something that's been around forever, but mm-hmm. you think like they just address the it Hays, head on more. just the Hayes code and stuff mm-hmm. that they yeah. wouldn't even be able to like kind of and I think that pretend, scene was, like sort of talk about yeah. it at all. Like, that scene with Shelley Winters and her doctor, I yeah. thought was devastating. Yes. Because, and yeah. like this is why I'll say it's not a lifetime movie because the doctor is just so matter of fact. Yes. And like he's not moralizing. He's not he's just like no, just go back and um you know, things were hard with my wife and now we're, we have, and like, and you know, that's not an op- an option for Shelly. Yeah. And that's, I just think that scene was like a gut puncher. Yes. Yeah. I will say, I don't know what I would do in her position. Showing up at the bus station, it's tough. It's tough. It's because a tough. Because I get, I get yeah. why Monty was annoyed by it. Yeah. That being said, you can't take her out to... Golden Pond, no. which I'm assu- mm-hmm. which I'm assuming this is Golden Pond because there's loons everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's canonically Golden Pond. Yeah, New yeah. Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I believe it's Henry Fonda's character actually fishes her out of the lake. Yeah, at, he's the guy who rents the, the pond, boat. Right? Yeah, he's yeah. Like he does the lingering look at Monty. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, the way you were talking about it is like it, it occurs to me like the movie itself is both ahead. It's both like, I feel like it's both dated and also ahead of its time. Uh-huh. Like, I again, the lifetime effect for me with like the, a little bit of the, um, like the close-up shots and the dramatic, you know, the dr- very overly dramatic music feels very 50s and mm-hmm. feels very TV movie to me. But then the talk about the abortion, talk about abortion, and then there's some shots that are like, Really Stunning. beautiful, yeah. Like all the radio shots. The, I was the, gonna say, yeah, with the with the the lake in the background mm-hmm. and stuff is so that's so so well done. It's it's a strange, it's a strange movie. It's a strange movie. It didn't stick with me mm-hmm. in the way that it seemed to have stuck with the two of you. Yeah, but I enjoyed my experience yeah. watching it. Nineteen fifty one was a sort tough- of like Fast Nine. Yeah, Very exactly. Similar. Well, a lot of the reviews I read of Fast Night referenced a place yeah. in the yeah, yeah, so that makes too, sense yeah. because you know Dom and Monty. Are, <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you, Brendan. What are you saying? Oh, I was just going to say, 1951 was a uh, big year for tackling abortion and also birthday parties that the guy doesn't show up. For. <laughs> yes, that too. Just sad women with birthday really cakes. Sad so. women with birthday cakes. It bums me out. Yeah. Yeah. and of course you guys are referring to Quo Vadis. So let's <laughs> yeah. just jump in. No one shows up to let you. Is, is that how you birthday. pronounce it? Quovatis? Yeah, I think so. Who cares? I don't mean to. By the way, uh, we'll, we're going to talk about Quovatis, but um, there was a great film. I think it's still on Hulu. Uh, it was a foreign film, an international film that was nominated this year at the Oscars, Quovatis Aida, which uh-huh. I very much mm. suggest people uh, right. see. I'm just going to say that really quick. Because Quovatis means, where are you going? Yeah. Hey, yeah. where are you going? Hey. Great, Quovatis. <laughs> If we had all gone to college together, we would be insufferable. We'd be insufferable. It would like whenever one of us would be leaving a party, we'd be like, "Whoa, Covadis!" Uh, <laughs> and everyone's oh. like, "That's their thing." Yes. They saw the movie. Yeah, they're all about it, and still, no one would touch us with a ten-foot <laughs> pole. No, thank you. So I'm gonna let you and Brendan start the quote because I know both of you have a lot to say about quote. I'm yes. gonna let Brendan start. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, thank you so much. You're welcome. This is a movie I. It's so lethargically paced. It's, um, I feel like it's centered around this 
charismaless main character yes, who yes. Um, is disinterested in everything in his like fascinating environment is mm-hmm. um, you know uh, is very passive and um, is uh, and then I could not stop. I, this was the movie I took the most notes on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know if that's because I, like, that was just a way for me to keep myself engaged while watching it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think I was so frustrated with this movie because it it felt very, um, like, it just needed another, like, week of rewrites or something mm-hmm. to make it a better story. And yeah. so... Um, and by rewrites, you mean chopping 45 minutes 45 off the runtime. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Easily, yeah. if not more. But I, I, I was just so... I feel like the stereotype is always, like... This male actor um, agreed to do the part, but then he insisted that the screenwriter butcher his beautiful script by giving the main actor more to do. Yes. Right. And Robert Taylor in this movie seems to be like, oh, no. Actually, um, I'd love it if I like, yeah. could not have an opinion about anything. We're shooting in Rome. Mm-hmm. I want to go out and, like, fuck a bunch of Roman ladies, mm-hmm. Italian ladies, yeah. and eat a bunch of cacio e pepe. Mm-hmm. So if I could be on set just for like yeah. a couple of days. Oh, there's a big fight scene? I think it would be cool if I got knocked out so <laughs> like I'm not in the fight scene. And then you'll just have a guy like fucking gorilla press someone <laughs> to their death. Like we'll just have like this one like monster guy in it um, who's also very Christian though like even though he's like ferocious he's super Christian but he will break a commandment (laughs) at the drop of it that guy is um, this is a fun for all the the What's, what are your fans called? Shooties? Shooters? Shoot Ooh, I like that. Maybe we should do shoot-os because we say Shittos. Crago and Crago, Mago. Shoot-os. Shoot-os. They're well, the shoot-os. For all the shoot-os out there. <laughs> Sounds um, like shit. <laughs> does not sound great. <laughs> yeah. No, we probably should change we're that. So, we're going <laughs> to we out Before we do the merch, <laughs> yeah. we'll figure it out. But that guy is, um, so in Cinderella Man, Craig Bierko's character. Yeah, Max Baer. Yeah, so that actor who plays Ursus, who gorilla presses the guy, that's um, Max Baer's younger brother. Oh, interesting. Wow. That's so interesting. Wow. Hmm. Well, here's my pro- here's my big problem with it. Uh, I mean, among many big problems. It, 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 there's too many characters. There's too many... The, mm-hmm. the, 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 again, my whole thing with these sword and sandals epics is like, again, they have to be epics. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of it from a moviegoer in 1951's perspective because from that perspective, it is impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, like, if if you're, they don't, you know, what was there to do in 1951? Were there books? I don't know. They weren't. Not until, like, Probably not. books came around in 53. Yeah, 53. So, yeah. so they didn't even have books. So they, right. they're, and I yeah. think they had, like, one game on their phone. So yeah. it was like yeah. really, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like snake, you know, it or was whatever. connect one. Ugh, yeah. Boring. Yeah. So it's like, they not a lot, lot to do. So I'm thinking like, if you are a moviegoer in 1951 and this is, and you're going to the, you know, the film, going to see, going to the movies, going to the cinema, yeah. like this is a real cinematic experience, right? Sure. There's like a thousand extras right. in yeah. every fucking You're yeah. never going to get to go to Rome, but you're going to see this exactly. movie. Exactly. You're going to yeah. see this movie, you're going to feel like mm-hmm. that. So I under- in that sense, I understand why it's two hours and 45 minutes or whatever the fuck it is, but I'm like, the, you know... Two the, hours and 53 Two hours and 53 minutes. minutes. Sorry. But the, the main story basically is between Deborah Kerr and 
Robert Taylor, Taylor, and the guy that plays Nero, who's amazing. We'll talk about him ad nauseum. Yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about Peter Eustace. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you worry about that. Oh, we're diehard Eustace <laughs> on this table. But yeah. here, but that's what we. That is to a modern film. Mm-hmm. Me watching it at home. That's the only story needs being told, right? Like, like, and there, there. It just feels like they take so many detours between Peter doing the speech at the and mm-hmm. all the Christian stuff, Literally and then doing the entire sermon on the mount. Entire yeah. Yeah. And then the the other guy, the and the with the whatever Nero's advisor who kills himself with the Petronius. Uh, Petronius. Oh, who yeah. I just want to I want to give a shout out to the Oscars for this year. We talked about this a little bit with Picnic that the only actor nominated was um, the best actor in that movie. The only two actors nominated for Quo Vadis were Peter Ustinov and Leo Gen, who played uh, Petronius, who are by far the two best actors easily. in this film. So you, like, easily. Do you think Leo Gen is, and then no offense to the Gen heads listening to this, <laughs> yeah, but I did, not, a lot. I did not think he was good in this. Oh, I think he's by far better than, except for Ustinov, who walks away with the film like, yes. in a bag. Like, um, I think oh, and, he's and by far wife. better than anybody else. And the, in the woman movie. that plays oh, the wife. Papaya, and yeah, the, yeah. Patricia Laffin. She is amazing. Like, I'm going to fuck Robert Taylor. <laughs> every single line that she has <laughs> is a double entendre. Me, a lion will eat, eat him. him. <laughs> love that. Love that. But that's the whole, that's, that's why, that's the reason for the season. That's mm-hmm. what I'm here for. So as much as I liked that guy yeah. and whatever, there was other things. I don't need any of that. Like it just is, it's just taking away from the main thrust of the movie, I think. And they're, and it's just, they're doing it for, because they're like playing, you know what I mean? For thinking of the people that are going, that are going to spend this money. They're going to want to sit there for three hours and watch brightly colored, you know, belly dancers at this party or whatever the fuck when it's like, yeah, none of that shit matters. Let's get back to Nero, like uh, Mm -hmm. talking about his musical, you know, oh my gosh. Nero's song is a tour de force. He's incredible. That's so. That scene is so funny. Peter Yushinov is brilliant in it, yeah. and I think it's just like, and he, like, he knows exactly what the assignment is, and he does it. And he also plays Nero. It's so easy to be that super over the top in that movie, yeah. and I feel like he. What's amazing about him is that he plays Nero as a, a three dimensional human being. Was there an emperor post Caesar that wasn't just a fop? Have, has a, has an emperor ever been portrayed on Octavius? film that wasn't a fop? Well, even in Cleopatra, Octavius, Octavius is kind of young foppish. I don't know. I don't know what you mean by fop. I'm not fop. saying yeah. they weren't actually. I, I'm sure they weren't really like by most fop, of them. Do you mean like flop? Like what? What do we? What, what's I just the definition like, of a fop. You know, just like uh, like Hugh like, Grant? A, like a dandy. Uh, yeah, like I mean. Peter used to know, like Nero has. I mean, he has a weeping vase in yeah, the Moose movie, yes. like a little bit. Like, I mean, that's oh, that's reason enough. I to mean, watch you this can movie. understand why they hired him to do the voice for King John yes, in the animated yes, yeah. Robin Hood, <sighs> based solely on his performance as Nero. He made his Cole career. Yes, he yeah. like this movie paid for the next forty years of yeah. his life. He's he's so great. He's doing it for the cheap seats, and the, he is the giving the only I wrote interesting. Down, he's playing to the rafters. Yeah, he's playing to the rafters, yeah. and it's that is what I want from a sword and sandal. Yes. Epic. Yeah. I'm like, let's like rise to the occasion, raise the stakes here. You're Nero. Like, and that's, but also like, I was writing down all these lines that Robert Taylor had, and they were, mm-hmm. I think they're really fun, juicy lines. Like, he grew so fast, his brain hit the top of a stable. Um, <laughs> and it like, it gives me no pleasure to overcome weaklings. And like, 
Or he, I'm in charge here, and then he just kills that guy with a sword. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the captain now. But, yeah. but he's not but, making a meal. Yeah, he's him. not like yeah. he's. He just needed an acting coach, and I think. He and was it's too so busy. weird because he seems like he was such like a great guy. Um, mm-hmm. That yeah, <laughs> this like arch conservative like. Um, I'm sure he signed on to... I mean, basically, the House on American Activities. I mean, also basically the end of this film is like, you know what would make the world better is if everyone was a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> I will say we made the joke earlier about, um, like, I'm a big 1951 fan, mm-hmm. but I think something I can sincerely say about, like, something I love about 1951 is that when you look up any of the, like, trivia or biographies of these people, they all have wacko amazing lives like it's either like robert like oh robert taylor testified and named like x number of names and destroyed the careers of people or like like leo gen like served in um the raf and shot down nazi planes (laughs) or like (laughs) patricia laffin who played papia ends up like becoming being big in fashion and also having a, a relationship with the first female british barrister in london they were all like either their lives were either being destroyed by um, the blacklist or they were or war alcohol. heroes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or it's like, oh, what we now realize is this person had bipolar disorder and we just didn't have the medication to right, treat right. it like in 1953. And Meanwhile, so it's like, I roasted a chicken last week. <laughs> yes. Like, that was that, pretty good. Cool. That's number two in your IMDb trivia. <laughs> Speaks, One time speaks, she speaks French, roasted a chicken last year. Um, Mike actually, Surf. I actually, <laughs> Mike, in, a, in a parallel universe, is, is thinking, about, is thinking <laughs> about surfing. Um, I actually oh, wrote down a good head. line. Um, I think this is actually, I think this was one of Petronius's lines. Is he says, people will believe a lie if it's fantastic, will believe any lie if it's fantastic enough. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, that doesn't sound like it carries on today. So yeah. that's, uh, that's yes. just... Comes and goes. It's very, it's very, it's very prescient. Mm. Um, Also, um, I just want to, before we get too far away, I want to remind everybody that a lady makes out with a bust in this movie. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. We need more of that. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. Make out with that bust. I also didn't mind the cutaways during the, um, so... At one point, they're basically, you know, in the arena, and there's all these Christians being killed by the lions, and then they keep cutting back to, like, Nero and everything, and they're just, like, eating grapes. Uh, yes, like, yeah. see, that's camp. But mm-hmm. I want more. But that's the thing, is I wanted yeah. more of that. I you want more I, lions. I want more you know when they burn them at the, at far, the, on the thing. Far less of was the seven-minute sequence of him breaking the bull's neck. Yeah, didn't need that oh, at all. Yeah, and then cut to cut to Robert I was like, Taylor. An impressive task. Do not need to see it in full because this is 1951, and you probably just broke a bull's neck yeah. for yeah. real. And and also just seeing um and and then just cutting to Robert Taylor like struggling with his things, and then Deborah Kerr, Kerr, whose hair by the way, hair looks great in this. She looks great. Um, and then just her tied up. It's just like just cutting between the three things. Yeah, I also should have put down like when I was talking about like. A '50s trend is like just Deborah Kerr's in your Best Picture nominee. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she never won an Oscar, but like she's in like I think 12 Best Picture nominees over the next 15 years or something like that. So I love Deborah Kerr. She's. I mean, the thing usually the, playing a damsel in distress. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I wrote about Deborah Kerr, who I also love, I'm a big Kerr head. So don't don't <laughs> at me. Don't come don't for me, Kerr head. <laughs> but like she always finds her light. Like yeah, she she, does. she she is 
always like, okay, oh, oh, there's this little flickering candle in the corner. Don't worry. I'm going to find a way for it to illuminate my face in such a beautiful <laughs> way that you will cry. She is the, we talk about the def, the difference between actors and movie stars. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I would really call her like an, like a, she's not like a real like actress, actress. I don't want to see her in August I don't want to see County. her in that. Yeah. I want to see her looking flawless yeah. and yeah. beautiful in fucking an affair to remember right. and that's what I'll I want. I'll never She's forget going down to the Laguna Playhouse mm. in 1995 and seeing her in Night Mother. And oh. it was- <laughs> yeah. No thank you. Yeah, it was it was her and Lori Petty. Yeah. And they were both Yeah, Lori, great. When at the end, that phone call, Lori, mm. ugh, it just tears your heart out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can still hear the gunshot. Yeah, oof. And then the movie just ends with some with, Christian again, imagery. Yeah. And not to, I mean, I, I liked what you said about here's what I want in a sword and sandal epic. And I also just want to come at Robert Taylor more. Like, I want to see more, like, I, I want to see, like, sex appeal or, like, yeah. I want to see some body. I want to see wanna Montgomery s- Clift. I'm yeah. going to be honest. Like, put Montgomery. Well, it's also I don't just, think- it's like make a choice, too. It yeah. seems like he probably because of his own personal beliefs like he never fully committed to the roman side of things like the whole time you knew he was going to be a christian like i felt like even in the robe which we just did a couple Mm -hmm. episodes ago like richard burton like you could kind of see like being like yeah let's kill all these christians and then you know he gets this magic robe and now all of a sudden Mm -hmm. he feels split about it but robert i mean sorry and uh, i don't even like richard burton in that movie even though i'm a huge everybody who's listening to this knows i'm a i'm a burton boy yeah so love and love (laughs) bang you're 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 busting for burton do you think leo ginn's fan club should we call him guineas um, Genesis. Can we still Genesis? say that? Yeah. <laughs> I think that what we are learning from this podcast, that this seems to be like a through line. And I, I don't know if it's just the mood that we're in from the past few months or whatever, but like between, I think starting with being Julia, I think there's something that's like, I lo- like if, if you're going to be in an Oscar movie, capital yeah. O, mm-hmm. capital M, give me something good. Give yeah. me, pull it, push it a little too, be Just Sally tell Field. Me, tell push me, it tell a little, me. <laughs> push it a little too far and have me be like, maybe they could have reined it in a little bit. Yeah. Then, then try to be like really, yeah. I don't know, like Give naturalistic us the or something. Yeah. Give it to the us. The GC. Give that GC. Mm-hmm. Give us, give that us GC. GC. Yeah. 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 But I also like, also, I want you on a workout regimen. If you're in a biblical epic, yes. I want you yeah. hiring a trainer, a nutri- Yeah. I want you shirtless in like yeah, 1.8 scenes. You can't be in a biblical epic and have two men in domestic dramas wearing t-shirts out body. Yeah. Yes. Right? yes. Give yes. me yes. that body, oddy, yeah. yeah. oddy. Yes. Yes. Take your shirt off, please. Take yeah. your pants off. I would have liked more full frontal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but only from Deborah Kerr, to be honest with <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> and, and you, Steve. I want to see Pete. Yeah, yeah. I'll see some no. Pete. Yeah. And, that, and by the way, and the girl that played the 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 slave girl that was in the love enslaved. with. Yeah. She Leo was Gans. hot. So beautiful. She was stunning. Oh, my goodness. We should move on, but can we tell, what does Lydia have? What does she find attractive about Robert I Taylor? I don't know. Oh, that was it's baffling. Literally, it's literally, it's like, baffling. well, you're a ward of the state. I can award you to anyone, and this commander wants you. And then he's just like he's an asshole to her. Yeah, like he's and got then the she farm in Sicily. Mind? Yeah, Christ talked to her. I, I mean, and honestly, then Christ I basically yeah. told her to love him, even yeah. if, even when he was like, uh, "Fuck Christianity." Yeah, 
Like well, he's that, telling that was, you your God that, doesn't exist. Isn't that Jesus's whole thing? Is like he love your enemies. You. That's what it was. They no, said love your enemies, your enemies. Yeah. and yeah. he was like, oh. she listened to that whole sermon on the mount again that Peter like repeated I'm word for Christian. word. He was like, okay, let's just gonna do. Just guys, we're just gonna take a quick seven minutes out of yeah. the film for me to read this entire. God, that thing. was boring. It turns out Alec is off book for the entire <laughs> sermon. We actually should we just let we him o- do it? We only told him to do like two lines. I am so sorry. I, the sides. Let's were, shoot it. Yeah. Let's shoot it. We can always edit it. We'll we can edit always it. Edit we can edit it. Down. Yeah, we'll figure it out in post. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then meanwhile, the person that was like in post was like Tucker Carl's. Like whoever was fucking running that <laughs> yeah. was like uh, was Billy Graham is the editor. It was the it's, Mile, it's weird. People don't know this, but yeah, Billy Graham. Edited this film. Um, oh, I also just before we move on from this terrible movie that no one's going to watch. Um, <laughs> but I think the lady Rosalie Crutchley, who played uh, Nero's wife, was oh, fantastic. I and loved. I loved. I her. want. I'm writing fan fiction about Actia, like running the like brothel or the yes. Like, like I, I want to see that eight part. Literally series on everything she said. It, it could yeah. be like it could be like uh, you know we're running across the street and she'd be like, I'm gonna. <laughs> Fuck Robert Taylor. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's not. Um, no, that's not the wife. That's oh the, gosh, yeah, no, yeah. This was his. Um, wait, who were we talking about? I'm talking about the lady who who uh, kills him at the end. She, oh, love that, love yeah, that. She yeah. was um, she was pulled up from like the minor leagues, right, right, and love then they were like, oh no, we're not gonna, we're not ready for you yet. You're actually gonna just be, do like administrative work in the yeah, brothel. Yeah, you're which gonna is, be like, great. okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I want to hang out with Nero's wife. That's oh my gosh, where she shows up with those two cheetahs, mm. and you're like, mm. how fucking terrifying would that be? So terrifying as an actress or an actor, but like on set, like, oh, and it said on your resume that you you do cheetah walking. Like, <laughs> that's fine. Did you're I, fine with that. Yeah. Did I put that on? Is that on my? I also, I like, I would assume also in the with 50s, an, they're, they're animals, like, yeah, 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 we can lose some people. Like, you'll be fine. Like, yeah. well, we can lose a couple actors. It's, yeah. like, not that big of a deal. Like, whatever. But, yeah. and Terrifying. I think I, I was so annoyed about the, at the director of this movie. I think it's Mervyn Leroy. And, mm-hmm. um, but I, there were just so many times when, like, she, like, all she would be doing in the background is, like, hands on her hips. Yeah. And, like, she, and I feel like you can disagree about George Stevens and, um, a place in the sun, but I feel like those shots were always so dynamic, and yes. like there was always so much stuff going on, and like, yes, and all That's the background fair. actors like had like work to do, and, and were making choices and mm-hmm. stuff. And I feel like he didn't. My boy Mervin did not let. No, them. and there's so much to be done. Yeah, there yeah. was so much, so much squandered opportunity. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the original director was somebody bigger. It oh, was, it was going to be John Houston. It was going to be John Houston. Yeah, That's with, right. Um, right. He was stuck in Africa. Yeah. Right. He just wanted to kill we'll some talk. elephants. He, yeah. he was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> with um, I'm going to use this as our transition. So famously this year, Streetcar Named Desire wins three of the acting awards and mm-hmm. is kind of historically considered probably the last movie that had a realistic chance at winning all four. Um, wow. That's some yeah. um, American... Yeah. Uh, what's it called, Erasure? What was the Amy Adams movie? Why can't I remember? American Hustle. American Hustle. That <laughs> movie was not going to win all four oh. acting awards. I mean, Net- <laughs> Network was the one that probably mm, yeah, could yeah, have, yeah. like, they, Finch and um, William Holden were both nominated for Best Actor, mm-hmm. so they could have bumped one of them down. Or Ned Beatty could have won Best Supporting. He got nominated. Is Kim What's-Her-Face that didn't win, right? The girl No, it was Marlon. It's Marlon Brando that didn't win. Marlon Brando didn't win. Right, because Humphrey Bogart wins for African Queen. okay, okay. But I would argue that, and we'll go into Streetcar, I think three of the four should have won, but I think Peter Ustinov should have been 
Carl Malden. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Completely agree. Well, but you know what? I'm glad that he didn't. Yeah, Just I mean, he, I feel like he, like he ended up winning the, it. <laughs> yeah, he would have gotten the curse of the of the Quovadas. Best supporting, yeah. <laughs> best supporting actor. What do we want to end up being? He, Cuba he, Gooding Jr. He ends up winning a couple. I yeah, think. he has he, like two. Does he win for Spartacus? He won for Top Copy. Okay, yeah, I've for never sure. Seen that. Um, and he might. I don't remember if he won for Spartacus. He definitely was. He was nominated. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about Streetcar. Um, I feel like I've seen this movie. If you are, if you go to acting school. If you go to acting school, you're going to read A Streetcar Named Desire Mm -hmm. approximately 1,000 times. Yes. And you're going to see the movie approximately 150 times. And people are going to shove Vivian Lee and Marlon Brando down your throats. And here's the thing. They're both great. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. This is uh, uh, Tennessee Williams, I think, is one of the more divisive playwrights that we have in our history because it's either really good or really not good. Well, because he writes on the... I mean, not most of our great playwrights kind of write on the same theme every single time. Mm-hmm. Like I would say, like you know, Arthur Miller. It's always about like the great man falling apart, and Eugene O'Neill was always about like alcohol. <laughs> um, and Tennessee Williams always, always about alcohol. Sometimes um, But no, Tennessee Williams. It was usually about like you know this woman like in distress. But mm-hmm. there's certain like he has like the Amandas and the Blanches, and then he has, like, these secondary women that he's writing about, like, and, you know, like we talked about, like, we didn't love, like, the Rose Tattoo, for instance, right. that it's sort of a similar, like, I'm focusing on this one thing, and these are my great pieces about it, and mm-hmm. these ones don't work yeah. as well. Like, yeah. And it can't all be Maggie the Cat. Like, exactly. You can't, that, that exactly. There, He runs out of, he he runs out of great leads uh, at a certain, at a certain point. Suddenly yeah. Last Summer is another one that's like, um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't hold firm for all of these. Right. Um, but this one, it really does. Yeah, I think, yeah. and I think this is his, probably his, his best play, his seminal work. Yeah, for sure. And I think definitely I, we, Marlon Brando is throughout this podcast. We've talked a lot about, yeah. and he's a real hit or miss. Yeah. And from the movies that we've done with him, a lot of misses. Right. Um, but this is, again, talking about like, Lifetime movies and over drama dramatizations or whatever, like it works. This is what you want. You, I want to see like and 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 watching. I the one thing that that I put to you, watching Vivian Lee is so tiring. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like I'm tired for her. Mm-hmm. She is running. She reminds me. It reminds me a lot of um. Kate Blanchett and Blue Jasmine in a, yeah. in a huge way. Well, I mean, that's, Blue Jasmine is basically a streetcar. Basically like, a streetcar. And, but also I think it's weird that, um, uh, this is just a quick cutaway, but like Match Point, did you ever see uh-huh. that? That's yeah. basically a remake of A Place in the Sun. Yeah. yeah and so totally. it's weird. That, and then also like there's probably American in Paris overtones and everyone says I love you. So right. Turns out Woody Allen, fucking was it, hack. Was obsessed with 1951. <laughs> <laughs> Where's his Quovadis remake? Where is yeah. his Quovadis? Um, well, if I remember, Sleeper is yeah. sort of Quovadis-y, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hannah and her sisters has I'm a making out with a bust, so yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's 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 that yeah. tracks, that tracks. Yeah, I guess, and I guess I would just put to you guys, like, what if your husband raped your sister? Mm, would you stay with him? <laughs> Would you stay with your husband, period, if he just, like, hit you all the time and oh made my. your life a living hell, like, every other night? No, I guess not. Well, how good is the sex? It does. So the film version actually makes it more seem like she's not going to stay with him. It's kind of yeah. in the play. They kind of had to soften everything right, right. for the film. Right. Like they made the 
like the rape is still, I think, very evident, particularly anyone who's read the play, like understands what's happening. Yes, but yes. they had to like basically just like cut away from it. So it could have, it know. could be that she, he just like hit her and like right. whatever. Yeah. And then like in the in the movie, they kind of have like Stella have like her triumphant like I'm going upstairs and I'm not coming back yeah. this time right. moment, which is not in the play. Like, right. It's very right, right. much more like she's not going anywhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. As I as I've I guess maybe because I've just read the play a yeah. thousand times, I I do not read that mo- moment as I'm. I read that moment. as... Well, yeah, I think that's I think that's the big thing. Yeah. Like if you're more familiar with the play than the film, I think obviously that bleeds over into it. So, yeah. and I think also the ending has maybe uh, a complexity or like an ambiguity because um, in a very smart way uh, because they have had that scene earlier where Stella goes upstairs to escape Stanley but then you know she of course comes down when he says I don't remember is this a famous scene it's um, what does he say oh gosh it's on the tip of my tongue could you come back could you you guys are are it's something shorter than that it's It's like very uh, you guys are assholes (laughs) radio's on radio's fixed (laughs) Here's the thing. The the moral of the story is like that like good dick gets you out of a lot yeah. of sticky mm. situations. And I'm gonna tell the, you with like, the old misses. Li- listen, Kim Hunter's also kinda she's like out kicking her coverage a little bit with Marlon Brando too. What do you mean by that? I mean oh. like he I think he probably, you know, he's like he's maybe a little bit better looking than she is. Oh yeah, that's true. Sorry. Don't don't add us, Hunter. Hunter Apologies to Kim Hunter and Kim Possible. Don't don't reach out to us. Um, I will say that, like I, I read the play. I I did not go to acting school, so I and I, I think I read the play on my own a while ago. But like I, I don't know this play or uh, movie as well. And uh, this is only my second time seeing it, so I read it to remind myself, you know. What happened? Because I knew that there were a lot of like they had to cut this because yeah. they couldn't talk openly about. I just want to point out that Brendan reread Streetcar, looking into doing this podcast. We have had people on this podcast that have watched two of the five movies that we've given them. Five Joey weeks Mandarino, to watch. you did not watch The Insider. <laughs> He's definitely not listening. To <laughs> yeah, this. but you know what? He's and again, on blast. I will I'm give him a out. pass because <laughs> at that point we weren't be able to offer films to people that I have. But, but everybody but that comes other, after Brendan Jordan Morris can go fuck. go out. You can go out and buy Bubble right now. We're proud of you, Jordan. But you didn't watch. I was just listening to another podcast you were on, and you said you just watched the Lord of the Rings films really for the first time over the pandemic. Your episode was the was the Return of the King episode. Are you telling <laughs> me that he didn't watch Return of the King? He just making this up? Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. I don't. We're putting we're, you we're on choosing, blast. We are choosing our guests more, more yeah. carefully from here. No Can, are you aware? Are you available next? Are you available in a couple of weeks? No for nineteen forty-one. No, yes. no more friends. Um, oh, but I was just going to say. I thought that like all the, um, and you've talked about this. Uh, you know, I'm a diehard shido. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I think you you all have talked about like um, all the play adaptations yeah. and not caring for play adaptations. Right. But I thought... Uh, More Megan than me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't like it when they just, it screams in the beginning. It's a play. Yeah, this is yeah. a play. But I thought they did, I thought Elliot Kazan did so many good directorial choices uh-huh. that um, like, not even, I think they did the opposite of opening it up. But like, I think it just had that 
amazing claustrophobic energy of like you are too close to these people yeah. it is too uncomfortable like, when stuff, he's pinning her down like yeah. the perspective is like right over her head and like and I think all the like Brando or Stanley assaulting Stella like those yeah. those fight scenes are vicious and like the way yeah. they're staged are so and uncomfortable the stuff to watch he does open up doesn't feel like even though I, uh, I love Virginia Woolf like I've we talked about on that episode, like when they go to the ice house, it feels very much like, well, we just need to get out of the house and we need to do something else. But like going to the bowling alley or like Stella at the beginning and like that being a little more opened up, it doesn't feel as forced that it's just like, we need to be off a set for half a second. So we're doing this. Like it, it works within the context of the movie. It doesn't just seem like we're throwing this in because we need to be in somewhere else. Despite the fact that there are so few characters, the world feels more lived in. It certainly feels more lived in than, you know, Quo Vadis, which is funny because it's, that's, there are so many people populating that world. Ilya Kazan, also named names. Um, who is... Fuckface. So, so we talked about, like, Monty Clift being, like, the ultimate fuckboy. Sure. So where does Stan... Where is Stanley? So Stanley's, like, the... Because he's Stanley, not a fuckboy because he's fuck not looking boy. to fuck around. No. But he's very much, Monty like... I don't think Monty Clift is either. Well, Monty Clift in... A place in the sun seems to me to be like a fuck boy. I th- I would disagree. I would gently push back. I think he's more just like this fucked up Christian kid who the first time he goes to a city and like interacts with a woman yeah. or he's gets just like trying to get that attention, he doesn't know. understand what's happening. Like he, I think he doesn't like uh, know yeah. how. And like he's like, oh, I can have sex with you. Great. And like, yeah, um, I'm, anyway. will- I'm willing to go. I'm willing yeah. to go with you there. I think. So is Stanley though the like the prototype like. Hot. I asshole. think that's toxic masculinity mm, right yeah. there. But that's a different. I mean, yeah, th- that's that's some toxic masculinity because I don't think fuckboys are out here beating up their wives and raping their sister in laws. Yeah, that's that's no. a whole different thing. Yeah, um, it's funny how he, he just. I don't. Ugh, Marlon Brando is so interesting. So I, I mean, I one of the we went to, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but Craig and I both went to uh, Tish, but my, you know. In, oh, I'm a shit You don't have to. You're a shit-o. You're a shit-shit-o. But, you know, in within Tish, there's different um, uh, studios. So I went to Stella Adler Studio mm-hmm. of Acting. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I have double connection to this because, you know, the name Stella. Mm-hmm. And then also Marlon Brando was a, was went to Stella and mm-hmm. was like a huge, you know, whatever, her most successful student. Right. Whatever. Stella's most successful, successful student. And it's very funny because he, you can see he does have such raw, he just has such raw talent. Mm-hmm. It's so much of, and so much of it is, I think so much of the reason why this, he, this works so, this movie works so well for him is something that um, is actually not really a Stella thing, which is all about like using your imagination and mm-hmm. like you got to become the different character mm-hmm. and really think, you know, whatever. Um, but for, for this performance, it feels like, Again, I don't know how he was personally, but it feels very like this is his kind of, this is his personality coming out in that he's sort of like filtering through a prism. Do you know what I'm saying? That feels the most, I guess, even though it's over the top and crazy and mm-hmm. like this, and this person is beating up his wife and whatever, doing all these things and is and screaming at her in the middle of the night. It's, it, it be, even though he is playing it so big, it feels more grounded than stuff that he did later where I felt like he was just trying to be a weird character. Yeah. I think what works really well in this film is the 
different acting styles of Marlon Brando and Vivian yeah. Lee. Like I think a lot of times those when people have such drastically different styles, yeah. it really clashes. But because of the characters in this movie, I think it actually makes it really because work. she is very put on. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that is, but that is, and, that's that, and that's part that's Blanche. And exactly. you know, Stanley is a little bit too. Like he has all the lines. He's like, you know, I know this guy. Like I oh, know God, blah 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 blah. So that's gonna do this. But like, just it's just in a very different way. So like his like supernatural style versus like the elevated, you know. Um, Scarlett O'Hara, mm-hmm. yeah, who's lost everything mm-hmm. yes. um, of Blanche. Yeah, I think makes a really good contrast. Yeah, their 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 chemistry is electric in, mm-hmm. in, in that way. Yeah, it just makes me sad. I mean, Vivian Lee went on to such an amazing illustrious career, and for my money, Marlon Brando. I'm like, what the like? He just made some weird choices. Yeah, <laughs> um, I had a question for you actually, Meg. So when you were watching, we talked about this a little bit with Marty. Did you think that? Marty and uh, Betsy Brandt, right? Betsy Blair. Betsy. Betsy Blair. That first date in Marty was like you and Maddie's first date, or was Blanche and Mitch closer to Ooh, your first date? Great question. <laughs> yeah. Great question. Great question. Um, well, you know, I don't consider myself a dog. Right. So, <laughs> well, I consider. But you, I do consider myself. I ask very because, high strong. Yeah, because I don't consider. I consider you delusional. So, yes. like, that's definitely more of like a Blanche. Yeah. Kind of and for yeah, our yeah, listeners yeah. right now, Megan is wearing her rabbit fur <laughs> and her um, pearls, uh, yeah. dried violets yeah. uh, that mm-hmm. a, a bow gave her. Mm-hmm. My clock is stuck at exactly. <laughs> that <laughs> the is time. so. That's like another thing that Maddie they took left. out of the movie. Like in the in the play, it's very clear that her bow that kind of haunts her that killed himself was gay. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that also kind of got exercised from the movie. Yeah. That it's just like... And Megan also has um, a lot of uh, emails that a, a gay classmate wrote <laughs> I, to I'm her. Not, I will, actually, I will not lie to you. I have... <laughs> again, I went to acting school, yeah. so I was in love with my fair share of gay men. <laughs> and just like, why don't they like me? Uh, They're so strategic about not hanging out with me. Yeah, come on. Three years later. Oh, <laughs> I have something to tell you. Um, yeah, I mean, this movie's great. I, it's very watchable. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a study in, like, just really great acting and, and really great directing. And, um, yeah. Where does time. Kim Hunter fit in in terms of, like, the Stella Adler or, like, the acting school? Like, is she, does she, is she the same? Because I know they all, like... Basically everybody but Vivian Lee was in the Broadway cast. Yeah, together. but you yeah. know what so. I didn't realize until I read the when I was reading the trivia is that she had done it on the West End yeah, before yeah, they did yeah. the film. Because I knew Je- did? No, no, Vivian, Vivian Lee, oh, Lee did Vivian it in Lee. London. Had had oh. played Blanche, like because I knew Jessica Tandy was in the original Broadway cast and yeah. she was the one person they didn't bring over because they needed kind of a star. A star. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't realized that Vivian Lee had actually also played yeah. the role. So I'd actually, I still, of course, feel bad for Jessica Tandy, but she did get to be in Fried Green Tomatoes. She's I think fine. Lawrence Olivier um, also really. Uh, he directed the London production. Yeah, yeah, and he and he was and he was a star at the time and really pushed for Vivian Lee yeah. to be yeah. in the in the thing. Um, I mean, Kim Hunter's great. She's so she, again, she she has kind of the thankless job of being like these two titans just kind of like going at yeah. it. And she's like, so good. I she's mean, she's so yeah. great. Yeah. She's like, Sandy Dennis in, uh, uh in who's Virginia afraid Wolf. of Virginia Woolf yeah. where it's like there, there's but these even, big, big, whatever. And she has such power in her like, yeah, stillness. but she has, I feel like even less like Sandy Dennis yeah. gets to be like a kook when yes. like, right. like yeah, Kim she, Hunter doesn't even and get gets that. to get drunk and everything. Yeah. 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 She definitely has, 
has even less to do and, and does and is very memorable yeah. in it. And I it's love- sort of weird. She she doesn't really do much else. Like she's not like in comparison to the other three, like she doesn't have the career oh. that any of the rest of a, them have. A, was it, isn't she in the Planet of the Apes? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, that's I mean she didn't, like, like stop working, right, right, right. but it's not like she was... She wasn't know. blacklisted. Right. No. I mean, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Robert Taylor tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kim never signed her name. That's, um, but I just think, like, she's so, like, compelling to watch because... Healy it was these... like, when we were on set, I did notice hmm. her um, talking to someone who might have been a socialist, yeah. so... She was talking about unions, but... Um, she I, is. She was Zira in all... I mean, her filmography, basically, if you look at IMDb, Street, the top four, the Rushmore that they kind of have uh-huh. is Streetcar and then Planet of the Apes, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, Beneath the Planet of yeah. the Apes. So. I think she did. Did she just do theater stuff? She might have, yeah. Um, I think she was a big theater. But anyway, I just think she's she's so, like, if you didn't know that she was an actress, I feel like it's like, oh, Marlon Brando and Vivian Lee, and then I think they hired Vivian Lee's real sister just yeah. to, like, be there. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're, like, her and... Blanche's relationship is so heartbreaking mm-hmm. and like they, that just feels so lived in and lovely. It really does. Yeah. It's it's the more it's I, yeah, it's the more interesting honestly of of any of relationship because mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, she feels so tied tied to it. She's great. Carl Martin's great too. I still would give it to What's his face? Peter Ustinov. Peter Ustinov. But he can, he's going to get two. He's fine. Yeah. We don't want to have Quo Vadis on the Oscar winner <laughs> shelf at our Blockbuster. I guess we or don't. Or independent video store. I though. guess we don't. I, I guess, guess don't. I'm just saying, and we'll talk about Because then people have to suffer through the rest of that yeah. movie just yeah. for like 20 minutes. We'll, yeah. we'll, t- we'll touch on African Queen at the end. I'm just saying that if I, had, if I could only get three out of the four, I would rather Marlon Brando win instead of Humphrey Bogart, even though I understand Humphrey Bogart never won. We can litigate that mm-hmm. as we go back further because... Obviously, the 40s is more Bogart's era. Um, I would rather Marlon Brando one for this and then take it away from Carl Malden, I guess that's what I'm saying. Okay. Um, let's wow. talk about An American in Paris. I saw this show on, at the Pantages. Oh, great. What is, what is the difference between the or was there Well, the any... show is based on the movie. It was not a... Yeah. Oh, first. yeah. But like, yeah. did they did they make any change? I think they just added more music. I okay. think they added more music, and I think they also added the. Th- I remember. I remember. Well, the ending is different. I think. I don't think she because I remember being really disappointed by the ending, and being like she chose the wrong guy. But maybe it was just the performers. I don't remember. So this. Um, I don't think she chooses. I don't think she goes with Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly at yeah. the Gene Kelly's character at the end of the play. Oscar wise, a lot of people think that going into the Oscars this year, the common knowledge was either Streetcar Place mm-hmm. in the Sun was going to win Best yeah. Picture. And people think because they're both dramas, they split the vote and American yeah. and Paris kind of slid in there and won. And watching American and Paris, I think this movie is far worse than either of those two films. Yeah. I, I had I, never seen it before. Like the. Disagree. Okay. The music, listen, listen. We the, are going <laughs> to fight. Yes. Yeah. Boop, boop, boop. Listen, listen, the music's great, but I don't need French children screaming, I got. Yeah. Like, sure. Here's, and that's fair. Can and, I just and, say I disagree to that? Because I feel like that is the one moment for me that worked where I'm like, this so is cute. so charming. And I was just thinking of like, 
like Gene Kelly is is being so generous and sweet with yeah. all these kids, all these and kids. like it's so natural, and it just, that just seems a, fun. He's got a lot of friends in Paris. Yeah, I and I will just say that like, like he, but I just want to say like about yeah. the I Got Rhythm. I feel like that's that's like one of the few musical moments in the movie that seem to be organic from the character, where that a lot I, of them are just like everything. The in. movie to me is lazy. I feel like it's just yes. a lazy like combination yeah. of. Dance sequences that Gene Kelly choreographed that are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they I, I look amazing. The colors are great. Is lazy. I mean, literally, the opening is just like the laziest possible voiceover you can yes. imagine. Being like, "Hi, I'm an American in Paris." Mm-hmm. Also, um, Henri is a child groomer. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's gross. He, like, it's that literally is like, gross. Uh, this girl, she stayed with me during the occupation. She was 13, and now we are in love. And it's like, ugh. And then Gene well, he's, he's, Kelly, he's Rene, he's And then Gene Kelly's got real uh, picnic vibes, where it's like I'm a young painter in Paris, and it's like Gene, you are 40 years old. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like no one thinks that you look like you're a 27 year old expat. Like yeah. well, and he and he's a bit of a creepster. He really yeah. goes after her hard. Yeah. and also he made Debbie, Debbie Reynolds cry. That, that one time the next year. Year. Right. The that one time I mean yeah. it might have been probably, probably, times. probably consistently I, but I will say here's the problem Here, here's the fly in the ointment with that is uh, I agree with everything you're saying the movie takes place in Paris there's a full ballet and there's dancing mm-hmm. there's ballet dancing mm-hmm. and it's Gershwin tunes mm-hmm. that's a slam dunk for me I'm sorry that's a check 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 and all the clothes and the costume changes check 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 this is my quo vadis you know when people go to the theater and they're like we're gonna watch like a whole thing this is like kind of my jam I understand that it is I, I do I think it should have won best picture probably not I wouldn't this is not gonna be my pick but I really enjoyed I really enjoyed watching it. I thought it was really fun, and it also is such a fun throwback. I'm just like, it's such a, I don't know, and I love Gene Kelly's dancing. I love his tip-tap dancing. Mm -hmm. I also love the number, um, uh, I like Nice Work if you can get it, but I love um, um, It's Wonderful. I thought It's Wonderful was so well done. It was so fun. It's Wonderful. Yeah, but do they ever have a number to that, or are they just singing it? dance around and sing it a little bit. It's a good song. I think it's weird when they do the whole like German um, dance number in the cafe like five years post-occupation. Like yeah. people would just be like cool with them yeah. like the Viennese talking about song. like how great is German yeah. music, huh? Yeah. We love three-four time. Yeah. Especially, especially in Paris. Yeah. Of all places. Yeah. Still enjoyable. Loved it. Um, yeah, I uh, I did not... I had never seen this before, and I was, um, I think I was not as engaged. I hear everything you're saying about, like, Gershwin, dancing, Gene Kelly, and I mean, like, he wears a freaking, um, a collared short sleeve sweater that I would, like, I think they Die should just for. have, like, uh, an interactive function where you're like, oh, press your screen, and, like, it'll show up. Um, but I just thought that this was such a, uh, like, cobbled together movie yeah. that was not fun to watch and I, I yep. was uh, everything I was watching was like well here's how I would change it which I don't think is a helpful way of looking at it but I was just like there, nothing mattered nothing had stakes like I didn't care that like it's a love triangle but it really isn't because Gene Kelly and Henri aren't friends they don't know each other right. like so there's no like there's no sense of betrayal of like I can't believe I accidentally fell in love with 
This is going to be awkward for your weird pianist friend who's yeah. just kind of thrown in. Well, here. the problem is 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 that the the real the the problem is is that the the movie should have focused fifteen percent more on her because yes. she's the one that has the. The, the problem is yeah. for, was with her because right. she feels obligated to this guy because he saved her life. Yes. But then fell in love with Gene Kelly. Unfortunately, yeah. she's not the star. Gene Kelly is the star. Yeah, we don't need so much time spent with his like sub Thomas Kincaid paintings yes. somehow <laughs> becoming like the toast of Paris. Yes. Like Yes, one hundred percent. But that is but that but that is that is an interesting thing to me, is like the whole thing of like she yeah, she feels obligated and whatever. Her story is more interesting than his story for, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And well, I was and well the end like doesn't make like makes no sense to me either. Because we're supposed to believe like Henri's like so in love with her and then he just like drops her off and gives her a kiss and it's like away with you to Gene Kelly. Yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> he sheltered her from the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. I and think groomed we- her to fuck him. <laughs> but I also, I mean, I think in a generous interpretation is like if you realize that your 19 year old bride is in love with this 40 year old man instead of <laughs> you <laughs> as a 40 year old man. Like, yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to take the L on this yeah. and uh, I can mm-hmm. I'm going to go to America. I'm going to be a, a singing <laughs> yeah, sensation. Yeah, he probably was also like I'm going to I'll go to America yeah, and going to get some strange. People they love this they love this accent. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be tied down to this college sophomore. Yeah. yeah. This perf- perfumery girl. It's a little weird that less they call this an American well, in Paris instead of like whatever Leslie Karen's like. What's her character's name? Lisa, I think it should just Lisa, be called. Yeah. It should just be called Lisa. Then, like we've talked about this before, but Leslie Karen's in like six movies where the title is just oh, like yeah. the first <laughs> yeah. name of the character she plays. She's such a beautiful dancer. She's amazing, and I wonder too if because I totally agree. Like she should be the central person. We should see her. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, this was her first movie, right? Um, yes, first it year, is. It's like very early. They, yeah. they went, I read, well, I follow, there's a, there's a Instagram, uh, there's an Instagram um, account called This Was Hollywood. Sharon Karens. And it's just like Sharon. Yeah. Billy, uh, What's her name? Oh, I can't remember her name now. Leslie Caron. Mm-hmm. Leslie Caron. Yeah. yeah, it's all. It's just yeah. a Leslie Caron. Yeah. Uh, no, they they had they they do the they she writes all these like fun facts mm-hmm. or whatever. And Leslie Caron, I guess, uh, she was not the first choice for this, but um, I forget the name of the actress that was the other dancer. Was it she Sid got. Charisse, she or? got. Uh, I'll look it up. Yeah. She got preg- She got pregnant, uh-huh. and so couldn't do it. And um, Gene Kelly, I guess, came to like see, like he mm-hmm. saw her dance, and she didn't know about the tradition of like staying, um, uh, you know, backstage so that, that people could come and say like good job or whatever oh, okay. by the stage door. So she just left, and mm-hmm. so Gene Kelly came back and was like going to talk to her and like see if mm-hmm. whatever. I got to see if I can make her cry. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And she was gone. <laughs> so good power move on Leslie Caron's power part. Power move, power yeah. move. So then he was like, well, we got to fly her out to audition mm-hmm. for this thing or whatever. And, and she said, yeah, it was a couple different dancers and they chose her tape and this really launched her career. Yeah. yeah. She's so She's beautiful a, in she, it. I wonder, if, I wonder if she had the acting chops at that point to be a central person. I, I agree. Lead. You're um, right. You're totally right. She could definitely she bend did. over. Mm-hmm. She was... She, that, oh God. that move when she's reading the book. Oh, that's amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. And but, she's just so lovely. But yeah, you're that right. opening like introduction scene of hers, I think looks amazing. And the end ballet is beautiful. I just think it, to me, like the end ballet does not fit into the plot at all. It just seems like Gene Kelly choreographed this gorgeous ballet. Yeah. So oh. they just well, like, that's, singing, that's, that's my part problem with singing in the rain. The problem is the, 
the dance, the dancing in the that the ballet and singing in the rain is less beautiful than I think this ballet. And uh-huh. I, if, the one thing about me, I love the fucking ballet, mm-hmm. and I just love watching her dance. The trivia I found was that Nina. This is gonna sound like I'm making this up, but I, it's not a bit. Uh-huh. Nina Folk, Nina Falk, the woman who the uh, the wonderful actress who gets saddled with the. Um, oh, like being the, the rich, the, they are just outright cruel to her uh, in yes. this movie. Yeah. And like Gene Kelly is cruel to her. And then the movie is like, no, we are cruel to her too. Yes. Um, but she got chicken pox mm-hmm. and I think they that. had to, uh, re- redesign the end of the movie. And so that alleged, oh. since she was out for yeah. X number of days, they were like, well, well, we can do a 17 minute musical ballet instead. And I don't know, like that does not make, I don't see the causality of that, yeah. like, uh, but that's what's in IMDb. And then he was like, well, I'm going to do that again for every other movie that I do. I don't know yeah. if he did it again. After Xanadu. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But he, but she, I mean, she, yeah, they, they do. She does really get the short shrift. See, they, they're so awful to her yeah. in terms of, um, you know, I think at the end when he's like, oh yeah, no, I never liked you. I, yeah. uh, this was all an act. I only invited you to this party to make, um, Leslie Caron jealous and it didn't work so good. Bye. Like, bye. bye. And she's like, well, I'm going to get some champagne. Yeah. It's like, like what? <laughs> we need to You're see. taking that really well. <laughs> we need to see you dancing with like a cute painter. Get and, Montgomery yeah. Clift up in here yes. and dance with, dance with oh. him. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm glad you like this movie. I don't. And neither does Brendan. So yeah. we win. Yeah. Wait, I, have I a, guess so. I have a Nina Fock question for you. Um, how old do you think she is in this movie? I would say she is supposed to be. Wait, like, in real life? Uh, oh, I think I know. I think okay. she's supposed to be playing like early 40s, but I bet she's like 28. That's exactly. Yeah, she is. She is literally twenty eight years old. I yeah. was like, oh, she looks. She's. She looks beautiful for yeah. like. You yeah. know, she looks beautiful. Period. But I'm like, I can't believe she's like forty five and like. It's like well, oh, that's no, like, she's twenty eight, no, and she's that's 28. like part of like the the Gene Kelly quandary. Also, is like, and you know, originally they went with Gene Kelly because it was more ballet driven. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Fred Astaire was supposed to do it, who was even I think older than Gene Kelly. Oh like, yeah. So Fred sure. Astaire, who Young comforted, Fred Astaire. I've said this, Debbie but Reynolds comforted yeah. Debbie Reynolds yeah. when he found her under the piano crying because Gene Kelly was mean to her. Yeah. Um, also interesting, this movie, a lot of it was directed by Gene Kelly because it's when Vincente Minnelli and Judy Garland were going through their divorce. Oh. So he kept getting pulled away to go through divorce proceedings. Anyway, but that worked out fine yeah. for everybody involved. Wait, not Liza Minnelli. You mean no, Judy Garland. Judy Garland. Oh, sorry. I thought you said Liza Minnelli. No. Did I hear? Did you say Judy Garland and I heard Liza Minnelli? Probably. Hmm. Um, before we talk about some other movies from the year, let's rank the nominees. We'll go five to one and Brendan, we'll begin with you. Okay, this is going to be controversial, but I have to speak my truth. Number five, Quo Vadis. Number mm-hmm. four, An American in Paris. Number mm-hmm. three, Decision Before Dawn. Number two, Streetcar Named Desire. Number one, an, uh, Place in the Sun. Live your life. I got to live my life. I got to live hey. my life. Hey. That was my truth. It might not be yours. Megan. Okay, number five, Decision Before Dawn. <gasps> Sorry. I don't accept your apology. Oh, no. Number four, Quo Vadis. Number three, American Affairs. Number two, Place in the Sun. Number one, Streetcar Named Desire. I'm a little surprised. I would have thought your two and three would have been switched based on your your commentary. Oh, no. I mean, I I enjoyed them both. Great. I enjoyed them both. I think probably I enjoyed 
the watching of A Place in the Sun a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But my, I don't think either one of them. Here's mine. Happen. Number five, Decision Before Dawn. Oh, Sorry. But number four, An American Paris. And just for Peter Ustinov, number three, Quo Valdis. Oh, Usti pulled a pulled a bronze. One and two is tough, but I'm going Brendan's way. I'm saying Streetcar too, and I'm putting Place in the Sun at number one of the nominees. All right. Um, but let's talk about some other films from the year. Brendan, were there any ones in particular you want to talk about? I did give everybody we. I gave Brendan African Queen. I gave Megan African Queen because it was nominated for Best Actor. We talked about Humphrey Bogart won. Catherine yeah. Hepburn's nominated for Best Actress. John Huston was nominated for Best Director. So it was kind of one of the more nominated mm-hmm. major categories that was not a Best Picture nominee. Why was that not a Best Picture nominee, do you think? Oh. I think it's a pretty slight movie, But actually. I also think um, Decision Before Dawn, there was a thing in the trivia that... Daryl Zanuck took out a 12-page uh, ad like I a also month think, before. I also think Decision Before Dawn was like the second highest grossing film of the oh, year. Okay. Like it was like a box yeah. office success. Yeah. Okay. Um, African Queen I'd seen before. It had been a long time and I rewatched it and obviously they're both very charming but like there's for me there's not a lot to, to that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean I think I agree. The movie is very enjoyable because I would watch the two of them together like read right. the phone book. Right. You know but, but we have another movie that this year that has two powerhouse actors in the leading roles in Streetcar. And so, I don't know. I do like that Catherine Hepburn has, like, a kink for rapids. Yeah. (laughs) Like, she's, like, this buttoned-up Christian woman, but, like, once you get her, like, out on those, like, rough rapids, she's, like, Here's more fun trivia about that. Do you know that, like, everybody um, got sick, like, super sick, including Catherine Hepburn on that movie, except for... John Houston and Humphrey Bogart because they weren't drinking water, they were drinking whiskey. Yeah, that all they drank was whiskey. And like, I think he said that all he, Bogart said all he ate was like tinned asparagus and something else. So he didn't get sick at all. Okay. There's, um, I think, I mean, that movie is like so influential and just in terms of like serving up those character archetypes that I think movies. And there wouldn't be a Jungle Cruise without it. And have you seen there's an interview with Humphrey Bogart's son? who's like now in his seventies and I think, and it's about like, it's the 70th anniversary of your dad's, like one of your dad's most famous movies. And he tears into jungle cruise. Like he's so angry about it. And, uh, it's just hilarious to see like a cantankerous 74 year old man being upset about it. You know, the hippo was in the African queen (laughs) and now people love it at Disneyland. You know, I don't get any money for that. That's funny. Um, I, uh, I had seen, I didn't watch African Queen this time, but I watched it last summer for the first time. And um, it, I really enjoyed both lead performances. I would not be able to tell you specifics about, but I, I just remember it's being like. Sort of, it's sort of like a road movie yeah, on the river yeah, more the than river. it is about the plot. Right, like yeah, they're right. trying to blow up a jerk. Like they're like in a little, a little steamship and yes. they're going to go try and blow up like yeah. the German command ship or something. And she's buttoned up, but he's yeah. Lucy Goose. And it, I kind of, they don't have a romance, right? They or do. do. They do. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. But it's a pretty platonic yeah. romance and then they get married right before the yeah. German boat well, because, explodes. Because I think the, the German captain, for some reason, agrees to marry them before yeah. he mm-hmm. hangs them both. Yeah. As, <laughs> the thing that's, again, that's, that's pro- the, the, I mean, the trouble with watching it's two people that are such larger than life is like, I know, you know, the, I know so much about their life. Like I don't buy their rom- romance because I know they didn't have a romance. And I know, like, I know that they both had very famous, obviously very famous romances apart from each other. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know. I read it as platonic, but it's just yeah, fun watching yeah. them. Like I would love to go on a double date with Bogey McCall and Tracy and Hepburn. How fun would that be? That's would be a triple date. That's a web yeah. series. You would need a web series. I should make that. Do you think you could drink Spencer Tracy or Humphrey Bogart under the table? Uh, no. <laughs> as somebody that spent the past week drinking and paying for it, yeah. definitely not. Yeah, one hundred percent. Let's see a couple other movies from the year. Uh, I I just want to say shout out to um, I don't know if it should have been nominated, but this I think this movie is fucking incredible. Is is Alice in Wonderland the oh, the original yeah, Alice yeah. in Wonderland? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It's very dark. It's trippier, very trippier than I remember. Way trippier. Yeah. It's very. It's fucked up, man. Yeah. It's upsetting. Um, but that is that that movie that it, I, we talked about a little bit about, about interestingly about the animated Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Like those are great Disney movies. Yeah. The Tweedledee and Tweedledum walrus oyster number. Yeah. So weird. So and dark. And, and the dark. end image right before she wakes up of like mm-hmm. everyone like chasing her. That's scary shit for a child. Well, she's there's a the scariest part that I remember is she's lost in the woods and then she gets excited because she they're or, or they're like, go this way to get out, and she finds a a red carpet that's going through the woods. And she's like, yes, this is it. We're, I'm going to find my way out. And then there's a dog that comes along. It's like, do, 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 do. And he has a broom on his face yeah. as a snout. And he just, get, he's erasing the, the road. And then he goes around her and then erases the road behind her. And then she's just alone in the woods standing on this red square. And it's terrifying. Yeah. As a kid, you're like, that's terrifying. It's a symbol of Hollywood. Don't, yeah. get, don't get on that red carpet. <laughs> Don't the get on their carpet because broom dog is going to sweep it away. Sweep it away, and then you left all you by your lonesome. Um, I know Brendan at least started Detective Story, which was the other mm-hmm. best director nominee for the year, William Wyler. Mm-hmm. Um, did you finish it? I did. I think I have like a half hour left. But to you it. got far enough along that all of a sudden it takes this like very moralizing turn. Yeah, it's it's an interesting movie because it feels more like a setup for this is the pilot for a police procedural yes. as opposed to like a complete film really and that's like what there's says, like a cup yeah. yeah there's a couple other like storylines are the main storyline but basically the main storyline is that kirk douglas's character is trying to bust this doctor who's an abortionist and it turns out that his wife before they knew each other like had gone and had oh. a child terminated but he has this whole scene where he's like screaming at her and he's like I didn't know that my wife was a tramp. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he the hero in this? Not, uh, it's like a complicated, like, yeah. Sipowitz situation. Yeah. It's, um, I, I started watching it and I was like, huh, well, I know that Eleanor Parker got nominated for Best Actress, but, you know, she, first 10 minutes, she's, she just drops him <laughs> off at work. Second 20 minutes, she's not there. 30 minutes, she's not there. What's this abortionist doing? And it's like watching a train wreck, and you're like, "Oh no, that's what your character's here for." Yeah. And um, wow, yeah, it's uh, it's a play that reflects the time it came from. Yes, and um, but also like like you said, it feels like a. I think in the trivia it says like it was super influential in terms of like. Um, Hill Street Blues, yeah. uh, NYPD Blue, just like all these workplace, yeah. like the police station as a workplace. And right. um, Lee Grant gets nominated for an Oscar, and she's so charming and sweet in it. Yeah. Um, but I haven't finished watching it. So yeah. I, um, but yeah, the, I, I was not a thousand percent clear of like what the guy, what the doctor was doing, because they also said he ran a baby farm and I yeah. wasn't. Yeah, I, he seems like he like is a bad guy. I mean, basically, like he also has like. 
like his one of his patients like dies. Like yeah. and you get the idea that okay. maybe he's not like a good great doctor at what he does. Yeah. And there's other he's no shit Vera that he's Drake. doing. Yeah, he's no <laughs> he's no Vera Drake. Yeah. Oh god. That's she, the mess. She also was maybe not, <laughs> poor, not great. Poor Vera. Poor Vera. She was the best. Um, I assume she's dead now. <laughs> she no, was. No, she. she uh, World War II era yeah, abortionist. Yeah. In her <laughs> yeah, late great. 40s. She's probably not still around. Um, I watched uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still for the oh. first time, which is like. Ken Reeves? Hmm? Isn't it Ken Reeves? He did remake it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, it's good. It's good for early sci fi. I yeah. watched that and I watched The Tomorrow War. Um, watched The Day the Earth Stood Still. <laughs> If you are looking yeah. for a how dare you support Mike Mitchell? Support. Okay, so watch the first hour of the of tomorrow. The tomorrow. Spoilers. <laughs> um, Sorry, B Mitch. Uh, the two movies that I liked, I think maybe overall the best from the year, were two movies that were not nominated. One is Strangers on a Train, mm. which is the Hitchcock film. I watched um, that last night. I love that movie so much. Yeah, it's really really great. Um, I think I would have liked it even better if the end. I don't. I always go back and forth about if I want to give stuff away on this podcast, even though these movies are like 70 years old. Um, but I sort of wanted at the end them not to find the lighter. Uh-huh. Like, it's a pretty acid, dark movie to begin with. Uh, similarly, um, we have a Shelley Winters-esque wife, but she's much worse. Oh, I love that actor. That, I she's wish I could great. remember. She's that great, and she's just so living phenomenal. her life, but she's oh. like... She's trying to get a divorce. Have you seen or... it? No, I've not. Oh, so... guys, I was on vacation. Okay. No, but this this like, this performance is so fantastic, yeah. and I wish this actress had basically, been nominated for like Best the, Supporting Actress. It's basically like so: this tennis star meets this stranger on a train, and the guy on the train the title. basically wants the tennis star to kill his father, and he will kill the tennis star's wife because the tennis star and his wife are like going through divorce proceedings, but she's making it very difficult, mm. um, and he's trying to marry into like a senator's family, basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he's like, it's the perfect crime. Like we, we don't know each other. We'll both kill the, who yeah. with the other per And like the right. tennis star is like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and um, the tennis star is just like, oh, okay, all right, I'll see you later. And then he walks but away. Anyway, he, the other guy goes ahead with it. And then basically it's like, kills his like wife. A, yeah, and a truly like a, chilling scene. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of like a blackmail esque thing going forward mm-hmm. because he's like, you know, I'll go forward and say that, you know, you don't have an alibi. I said that you like agreed yeah. to this and. Um, it's very good. Um, the other movie I want to talk about is Ace in the Hole. Is Have that, either of you seen Ace in the Hole? I is that the Stanley Kubrick one? No, it's Billy Wilder. Oh, Billy Wilder. Um, it is a movie. Kirk Douglas, again, big 1951 for Kirk Douglas, mm. plays a journalist who's basically like flopped out of all the major cities for like a variety of reasons. Um, goes to Albuquerque, gets a job at a paper, thinks he'll like write a big story right away and like go back to New York or Chicago or something like that. A year later, he's still like doing whatever. He's supposed to go to like a rattlesnake catching festival. And on his way there, they stop in a town and this guy has just gotten basically stuck in like a cave, like a mine shaft. It's not a miner. It's like a old native American cave. So he's like, well, this is your story. And they find out like talking to this contractor, they probably can get him out, this guy out like within 12 hours and they're like wow that 
what I want is like a Floyd Collins. I want this story mm-hmm. to drag out. Uh, so it turns in. So he's kind of doing it for his own personal gain. He gets the sheriff into it. All these people start flocking to this town. Like, so all these businesses are making money. Like they convince them to drill from the top of the mountain instead. So it'll drag out longer. It's could not be darker. Um, about like the press and like what people do to like, meanwhile, like there's this guy basically like dying in a cave. Um, it's the best movie of the year, I think. So, um, it's on Amazon prime. I do suggest seeking it out. Mm -hmm. Um, Kirk Douglas maybe plays like the slimiest lead character in film history that like, it's like really focused on, um, Definitely the 50s final is him and Andy Griffith and facing the crowd. Like, it's between the two of them. Um, so that is a movie that I suggest people check out, Ace okay. in the Hole. Ace in the um, Hole. Of all the movies from 1951, Brendan, is there something you liked better than Place in the Sun, or you think it's still Place um, in the Sun for you? I mean, I, I think Stranger, Strangers on a Train is one of my favorite movies, and I think I've seen it a half dozen times yeah. since I was a kid. But um, I would say, I, uh, would I give it? Would I give the Oscar if I was in the Academy in 1951? I think I would go with A Place in the Sun. I do want to say I think that that Robert Walker performance in *Strangers on a Train* is um, is brilliant, and I would say that should have been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, he's amazing. And and just in terms of like that character's effect on pop culture, like we see that that like uh, like Kevin Spacey, I think owes his career or like his his run in the 90s to his previous career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) In the before times. Yeah. Maggie's still going with Streetcar or Alice in Wonderland. Bump I mean, it. I love Alice in Wonderland, but um, I'm going to stick with Streetcar. Great. Yeah. Of the ones I've seen, but I'll check out Ace in the Hole. Um, I like Billy Wilder. Yeah. So you can check that out and you'll let us know on our next episode if it if it bumped up. Sure. Yeah. Brendan, uh, do you have a favorite movie of 2021? Um, I've, you know, I was, I've only seen one movie in 2021 that was released in 2021. So that's. That's my winner, and it's Barb and Star go to Vista del Mar. <laughs> it was so, it was so funny. I loved it. Um, it made me laugh. Great. I want to see. I want. I want that to be a series. Like I want a Christmas movie with Barb and Star. I want. Um, yeah, I want. I want six more. Yeah. Um, I saw Shiva Baby. I thought it was okay. I was. Uh, I, w- I was more excited for it. I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be something. I thought it was going to be a, a little bit more. It never quite got there for me. Um, I saw Fast Nine, mm-hmm. and where did you see it? I saw it at the the. It used to be a Lamley, I think, but it, now it's an AMC on Sunset. Okay, um, Sunset and Crescent Heights, and um, I had a blast. Yeah, I again, it is gone from my head now. <laughs> immediately, like it is, I forget it immediately. But um, I had a really good time. So that's probably the one I have the best time watching. Question mark. Fast nine. Great. Um, I think mine's still Shiva Baby. I really like Zola, so I think people should check that out. Um, I also just saw Pig. Oh, I'm oh. excited about Pig. Which is not what I thought it was going to be, but I think it's good. It's not um, It's not as good as either of those films for me, or I still like it's better. But um, Pig, yeah, it's it's different than... I feel like it. the trailers make it seem like it's one thing, and it's not really that. Yeah. Oh! Actually, I'm so I'm so sorry. I'm like I'm trying to think. I'm like, oh, what did I see at home? I saw in the Heights at home. I've, I uh, Luca is the best movie that I've seen in okay. 2021. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. That like the real answer is Luca. Right. Luca's mm. lovely. Loved it. 
It's uh, not surprising since you were such a call me by your name stand. Huge call me by my name is that I love uh, yeah. I love but, all Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. It's ve- yeah, it's very it's a very gay uh animated movie and I love that and it's all about being who you are and it's it looks beautiful. It's Pixar, obviously yeah. it looks beautiful. Brendan, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Sure. Uh, I wrote uh, on season two of Work in Progress, which is on Showtime, and that uh, will start on August 22nd. So if you have Showtime, please watch it. Or get, show, or get or, Showtime. Or get Showtime. You've got the money. Come on. Come on. Get fucking Showtime. Yeah. Um, I'm... It, I, I, there, I was in a, there's some like web series thing that I shot back in June called, uh, returning to work. That's actually pretty funny. Came out funnier than I thought I was going to about, you know, going back to work and whatever. Uh, so if you check that out, that's on line in a place that I don't know, but I'll find out. Returning to work.com. Returning to work.com. Probably that. Yeah. Probably returning to work.com. I'd try that. Great. Uh, remember to reach out to me if you think you may want a dog. Um, oh, yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at The Oscar Should, on Instagram or Facebook at The Oscar Should Have Gone To. If you like what you listen to, please rate and review us on iTunes. Um, we will be back in a few weeks. We're going to be talking about Best Actor, Best Actress from 2006. I have an interesting trivia about that that we'll get into when we get to there. Um, thank you, as always, so much for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.